Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey guys, welcome back to The Remains. This is a show where uh, I talk about all the stuff that we couldn't get to on the channel. And I knew we weren't going to get to this because Jay hasn't seen the first Sicario. And I don't think he has too much interest in seeing this one either. But I enjoy the shit out of that first movie. And I watched it the other night, actually, and upon rewatch value, it gets even better. I mean, it's depressing as hell, and it's, it's dark. You don't want to watch it too soon after the first time you watch it. But I did, knowing what's going to happen, actually enhanced the experience for me, because I could just dig deeper into the characters instead of going, what the fuck is going on here? So, the second movie comes out, and it's a total surprise to everybody, because Benicio Del Toro doing that that, that finger gun thing, like he's like he's... In a fucking bad boys movie or something the image comes up and it's like sicario day of the sodaldo and it's these two skulls one with an american flag and one with a mexico flag and you're like holy shit make it into this super just 90s action film was the coolest idea ever i was like that's badass that's amazing that's what you should do the most disappointing thing about this movie which is it's a good movie but the most disappointing thing is that 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 trailer and kind of the the awesome cheesiness of the the image where they're back to back, where Brolin and, and, and Del Toro are back to back with machine guns, doesn't live up to the to the '90s action movie hype that I kind of hoped it did. Because the critics were like, "That's kind of what they were saying." They're like, "Yeah, they took a serious premise and made it this, be you know, second rate, you know, war movie or action movie." And that's not what they did at all with the movie. What weighs the movie down in some some aspects is when they try to do they try to hit the beats of the first movie. So let's get into it, guys. There's going to be spoilers at the end of this, uh, but I'll wait, and I will put the time of the spoilers below, and I'll give fair, fair warning before we get into them. So if you haven't seen the movie, I hope I can talk you into going to see it or getting into this franchise, because I think it's going to go cool places, but I did have a lot of problems with it. And ultimately, for what I went to the theater to see, I came away disappointed. Still a really good movie. No rules this time. Turning you loose. How loose? Carlos Reyes. How's that for loose? The movie picks up, and it's a different director. This this director's name, and this is actually the director who, weirdly enough, is going to be doing the Call of Duty movie, is what I'm reading. And uh, what's his name? i got to get his name right. You can't fuck around with that. Stefano Salima, which I'm probably saying his name wrong, and I'm sorry if I am. But uh, this is his first big movie that you'll probably recognize, most of us at least. And, you know, he, he's not bad at all. When you're picking up after the the stylistic effects of Villanueva and the way he did things, he doesn't hit that. It's, it's you can almost call this movie the Villanueva difference because just the sexy shots and the camera work and the way that he did so many things in that first movie, it's like Carpenter framing shots on Halloween. Like, you just know there's something to the way he works a camera and the way he, he he sets up certain shots, that it just, you can't remake that with another director. And it's missing, it is. 
Uh, but this guy does a good job. There's nothing like terrible that he does here. You know in the first movie when they're at the border and it's really tense and it's awesomely shot and it's just expertly made. There's another scene like that here that it's well done and it's well made. But it's nothing that you're really just going to remember like this. It's just, it's, it's workmanlike. It's really, really well done. Uh, but it's not special. Uh, let's put it that way. What is special about the movie is is still the acting. It's Benicio Del Toro coming back as Alejandro, who had his whole family killed. And then you find out at the end of the first movie, which is such a surprise and a cool place to take a character, is he is just on a revenge mission. And meanwhile, the U.S. is using him. He's on a mission of his own. So they're just like, let's turn him the fuck loose. And they do. And then he goes in, in a... In a, in a Game of Thrones like we will fucking do anything he kills the guy's two sons and his wife in front of him and then his whole idea is to make him you know finish his meal he, he does it and he's like no go ahead and finish your meal as a way of saying you're cool sitting here on your fat fucking ass while you're ruining the goddamn world and people are dying left and right and you can fucking eat and be at peace so do it after I kill your family like it's one of those things it's like ah I can't get down with you killing kids but you definitely got your revenge, man. <laughs> you definitely fucking did that. And it's, it's it's a weird place to put you. Like, both characters. Josh Brolin's character is the smug kind of kind of dude who who's just seems like an asshole. But he's Josh Brolin and he's kind of likable in that kind of Billy Badass sort of way. And you can't help but sort of like him. And he's trying to find these guys who, are, who, who blew up a, a, a grocery store. So they once again unleash Benicio Del Toro's character. Josh Brolin's is psyched as shit to go get his buddy and be like, oh, we're going to fuck shit up again. It's going to be awesome. Is they're going to kidnap one of the Mexican cartel leader's daughters to start a war between the cartel leaders. And this ties into to his ultimate goal of getting back at everybody who killed his family. And Josh Brolin's just doing his thing. He doesn't give a fuck. And I think they, they, they point him in that direction of saying, look, he doesn't give a fuck. He just wants to kill all the asshole people who make this world suck so fucking much. And he doesn't care what he has to do to do it. Whatever it takes to get the job done. And by the way, it's weird to see Brolin go from that first movie where he's just like wearing flip-flops and like hanging out. Like looks like Mel Gibson from Lethal Weapon just like eating dog biscuits in his trailer butt naked. From the surfer looking guy who happens to be involved in a border war to after all the working out from Cape for Cable and shit like that. Now in this movie, he's like ripped his shit. Like in the first movie, he, he has his shirt off and he's just kind of like everyday dude looking. Uh, and in this one, like he's 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 ripped. It's just, it's a weird thing to see. It made him look older and more grizzled. And I think they did that maybe on purpose. At one point, someone says to him, they're like, seriously, you need to wear some fucking sunscreen. The movie is, it starts out with some of that badassness. Like, they just keep on talking about how badass this is going to be. They keep going, oh, we're going to unleash him. Like, what's the rules of engagement? And like, they love doing that in this. But they're like, what, what's the rules of engagement? And he's like, fuck it all. Or turn him loose. Everything goes. You know, all dicks out on the canvas. Like, whatever the fuck you want to do. At one point, Josh Brolin goes into the Secretary of uh, Defense's office, or whatever the, the guy's thing was. It's Matthew Modine, who sucks shit in this fucking movie. I'm sorry, he does. This 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 scene was terrible. He goes in, and a bunch of stuffy dudes in suits are basically saying, Hey, we want you to go get your boy. We're going to give you a shit ton of money and let you make this whole project happen. Uh, go start this war and fuck shit up. And they're going to give him free reign. And they must have said it six times in this meeting. The movie is just really trying to drive home the fact that we got our dicks out. We can do whatever we want to. It's Little Caesars, $5 pizza, no rules, take your shirt off. They mention it a hundred times. No, really. Fuck shit up. Do your worst. This is going to be a bloodbath. Like over and over again. How 
insane this shit's going to be. And I'm getting jacked up. And it's such a letdown because they never really hit that. There's the one scene you see in the trailer where Benicio just guns down that dude. I wanted the guys from uh, uh, Night the Roxbury to pop out and be like, Benicio! <laughs> right afterwards. If you know that movie, you get the joke. If not, you just think I'm a fucking idiot. But still, it was awesome. Would have been awesome. The Mighty Duck guy, swear to God. But you get that one scene... And there's really good action scenes in the movie. Don't get me wrong. There's some really badass stuff that goes on in the movie. But it's never what the whole thing seemed like it was going to lead up to. Because it just hits a huge snag. And the mission gets fucked up. I won't go into any detail here at all. Because I want you guys to figure it out for yourselves. But the mission gets completely fucked up. And then the movie just keeps hinting at, at going certain places. And in an, in an effort to make you surprised at what's happening to keep you guessing, it never really goes anywhere. And literally by the last shot of the film, when it comes up, I'm, I'm sitting there and I, I, I was actually in shock that it ended. I mean, they wrap up what they were doing, but when it seems like you're going to get one thing and the movie keeps telling you this is what the plot's going to be about, this is what's going to happen, then they try to throw a twist in. And when everything gets fucked up, it's kind of just about surviving the moment. And while it's good, and Benicio has one scene where he's hurt, I'll just put it that way, and it's done really well. I mean, it's it's Oscar-worthy acting, the way he, he did the, the physical parts of this, and the way he reacted to what was happening to him, which is so good. But it just it's took the story from, we're going to go balls out, we're going to blow shit up, it's going to be gnarly, it's going to be all-out war, Sicario Unleashed, to... Logan, or No Country for Old Men, which are two of the greatest fucking movies ever, but it's, they don't do those movies as, you know, it doesn't do them that well, like that's, you need a whole movie surrounding these sequences to really get invested in that, this movie promises a huge blowout, and then goes directly to that, and it never really pays off after that, so I think you're left wanting, and I read that I read two different things. I read that they wanted to make this sort of an an anthology feel where it's like choose your own storyline and just take these characters and go where you want, which I don't believe at all because to me this ties directly to Sicario. They don't mention Emily Blunt. She's missed in this movie because everything is so bleak and dark and they did that on purpose. They even said that they did that on purpose. Um, But you could see the movie through her eyes in the first one. And any movie missing Emily Blunt it's going to lack because of that. She's a badass. But you're, you are missing that through her eyes sort of deal. That, that innocence lost amok these guys just doing whatever the fuck they want. I, I also read that this was a proposed trilogy already. And I think it definitely needs a third movie. It needs that third movie. And if the third movie's done well and they, they finally just go some places they've been promising to go, it would be really cool. At one point, you think certain characters are going to face off of each other. And while I didn't want that to happen, because I like some dynamics that the movie has, it didn't go there either. It just left a lot of things hanging in the air. And just, it felt incomplete, which I I hated. Um, And I get, let's do the punk rock thing, for lack of a better term. And let's not give people what they expect. Let's keep people guessing. Let's do what we want. 
But you took away from yourself, I think, a little bit when you did that. I kind of wanted this to just let it go, man. Let your fist fly. Let's go from a pointed Olympic boxing match to a slugfest. It's just touched on so many things. And it, and it gives you a really, really bad case of kick-ass movie blue balls at times. And, the, and I can't remember the last time I saw a movie come up and it wasn't a shocking ending. It wasn't anything I was like, oh my god, you fucked up the franchise. Or it wasn't, you know, Iron Man 3 or some shit like that. It wasn't like a twist that pissed me off. It was just like, oh shit, we're really going to end on that note. We're not going to explain any of this shit that just happened or follow through on it. That being said, I could sit and watch these characters like in No Country for Old Men. I could sit and watch these characters for hours. But you do get that score, that really depressing, like, pushing down on your on your eardrum score. And you get those amazing shots. They're just not done with the stylistic flair of the first one. But you do know you're in that universe. You definitely know you're in that universe. And you're watching a movie that you just don't get many of these kind of movies anymore. You know, you just don't get these movies they don't exist in today's world like they did in the 90s. And it's it's fun to go and sit back and, and watch that and enjoy that. And I had a good time watching the movie. As dark and as bleak of a take as they have on the world. It's just put these two characters in a sandbox and watch what happens. Watch where a movie with a lot of guts takes these two characters. And I could see the, the, the franchise continuing for one more for sure. If I'd like to, I like it to be a two and a half hour epic, with a lot of money behind it. I know that's that's probably not going to happen, but that would be really cool for me. It'd be one of those weird little trilogies that just would not typically happen in today's climate, in today's movie climate. I would love to see that, but ultimately, I'm going to give Day of the Soldado. I'm sorry, I keep trying to roll the fucking L on the way here in my car. I was literally driving, going Soldado, Soldado. Sidaldo. I can't fucking do it, no matter how bad I want to. What was I talking about? I'm going to give this uh, a 7. It's it's great to watch these two characters. The movie has some cool action in it. It's a nice change of pace for what you want to see in a movie. It just... Man, I wish it was written differently. I wish it took the characters to a different place. Even though they're, it made for some amazing scenes. I wish that it all would have eventually went to a different place. It never delivered what it could have been. It's a lot of what could have been in this one. So it's a 7.0 because it's a well-made movie. This guy's perfect, I think, for a Call of Duty movie, if they're going to do that. And I can't wait to see what a trilogy holds. In a way, I think it needs a trilogy. It needs that third movie to really drive it home. But this felt incomplete in ways. So, yeah. So, spoilers, I'm warning you guys, if you haven't seen the movie, I definitely recommend you check it out, but uh, if, if you have seen the movie and you want to talk spoilers, this is your warning, we are going into it now. So I don't want to go through the beats of the entire film, but I do want to talk about once everything gets fucked up. So you find out, right, that the U.S. is trying to force this storyline down people's throat, and I didn't get a chance to go really far into Matthew Modine's character, but he just... He seemed out of place, and what was a good movie with good acting, he was to me he was awful. He was just so mm-hmm, I'm a sinister political guy, and I, like at one point he's on a screen and he just shuts it off, and I was like, is this Emperor Palpatine? Like what the fuck is going on? He was just terrible for me. Uh, just way too over the top and completely obvious sinister asshole douchebag. Fuck face. 
for a movie that most of its characters are a bit deep and a bit mystic. Mystic's a poor choice of words. But there's a scene where Catherine Keener's character, who comes in just to be the asshole, basically he throws it to her. He's like, do what you're going to do. You take care of this shit. I'm not, I can't get my hands dirty. And she goes, well, we're going to have to clean up the problem. You guys fucked up because the Mexican police attacked you and the stomach doesn't. The president has, doesn't have the stomach for us just going into Mexico and gunning down a bunch of Mexican police, crooked as they may be. So it creates this badass situation because Benicio Del Toro's ran off into the desert to care for this girl, but Josh Brolin's just going to do what he's told, even though he's against it. He, he's he's going to do whatever it fucking takes. So when Catherine Keener's character tells him, you got to clean this mess up, you got to cut all ties, kill fucking everybody... It's a little feels unrealistic. It feels a little bit enemy of the state. He doesn't want to do it. He calls Benicio and is like, "Hey, you gotta cut all ties, and they want me to kill you too, but we'll we'll figure that part out." And Benicio's like, "I call him Benicio. His name's Alejandro in the movie." But he's like, "No, I can't do it. I can't kill this girl." So now we have a Logan storyline. They're out in the desert, around the border area, trying to survive. You also have this weird Ethan Hunt disavowed storyline going on. Where the the government's after him now, and now his friend has been sent to go after him. So they talk, and they kind of have that Al Pacino, Robert De Niro heat moment, like or Civil War, if you want to talk Marvel movies. And you think that they're going to pit them against each other. I didn't want that to happen because there's just a weird friendship that goes on between the two of them. And I think that it's it's kind of cool because Josh Brolin, his character Matt, has such almost an indifference to all the things going on around him, but he really doesn't. I think his whatever-the-takes attitude comes from how bad he hates how shitty people are making the world. And so he's willing to be... He's willing to give himself to that completely, which is why he, in the first movie, only sleeps on planes between jobs. Because he's really... He's dedicated his life to it. Now, he's too much of a you know badass type to show that or really talk about it, but... You can watch the nuances and little things that happen. You can really gather a strong understanding of his character. And in this film, I think that he does the same thing with his relationship with Alejandro. Whereas, he's okay to turn him loose and have him fuck people up and do things dirty, so to speak. Because he feels for Alejandro's pain. Like He knows that he lost his whole family. To this sickness that has taken over the world. And there's a couple of moments where he thinks he's dead. And you can see it's really bothering him so much. He's not even answering people in the helicopter. You can tell he's really bothered by it. And I, I like that a lot. So I really don't want to see these two go after each other. And I don't think the movie did either. Which is why it didn't go there. But of course there's a scene where Alejandro's trying to, to cross the border with the girl. So she can get her back to safety. Because everything's gone fucked. And we've completely derailed this entire movie now. Now it's about something completely different. And I wanted to see the, I wanted to see them fucking cause a fight between the cartels. I wanted shit to burn. I really wanted to see that. I'm so disappointed we didn't get to that. But instead, everything gets fucked up. And I think the movie derails with the mission. You know? So, Brolin's going over there. And, sorry, I have a habit of calling the actors by... The characters by the actors' names. It's just something I can't help but do. But He's going over there. And his job is to wipe the slates clean, kill everybody. But he's waiting and watching, and this kid that we met early on in the movie 
almost a, a cool parallel to the first guy, the cop that we saw that we followed a little bit before he dies in Sicario. They kind of do the same thing here with his kid, which is pretty cool, in which you see him go from a clean-cut kid to taking some money to go across the border to becoming a full-on gangster, a member of the cartel, however you want to put it. And at one point when Alejandro gets busted with the little girl, this kid shoots him. They go up to him and they say, hey, you want to be a Sicario? You want to be a hitman? You know, I can kill this kid. And, you know, the last kid that said no, they shot in the head. So the kid goes up and he takes the gun and Alejandro's got his face covered in duct tape. got a bag over his head. He's completely fucked up and he just shoots him. And in a movie that prides itself on being ballsy and surprising you, I thought for a second, oh, fuck, he's dead. It didn't take long, though, because you can see the placement of the bullet, and anybody in their right mind that knows anything about what they're doing is at least going to glance at the body and be like, hey, that could have gone through his cheek. Are you sure he's dead? But they didn't. Like, you can see the placement of it. I thought, you know, maybe the movie's just fucking with you and he's dead, but quickly you realize they go back to the body and he starts moving, and I'm like, okay, fuck yeah, that's cool. I want to see this. I want to see where we go with this. And... Benicio Del Toro sells it so fucking much. It's so well done. He's in the fucking sand, and he's got all that shit in his mouth, and there's blood pouring out everywhere, and he's got, a, he's got his hands taped behind his back, and you just, you just look at him, and you just go, God, that's got to be the fucking worst. That has to be the worst. You can feel it. And then his fucking jaw, or his, his cheek is all swollen from, from the bullet going through it, going clean through it, and it's nasty looking. And you can, you can tell he feels it. This isn't like a Rambo moment where he's just like screams and then the next minute he's, you know, running on a treadmill. Not that Rambo would be on a treadmill. You get, you get what I'm trying to say. But, you know, he, he goes and he gets a car and he's all fucked up. I mean, just all fucked up. Meanwhile, Brolin's pissed. He's fucking pissed that, that they killed his friend. But then again, he didn't do anything to stop it either. But his job is to go in now and kill the little girl and everybody else. He does turn into a good guy suddenly when they land, and his buddy, the dude from, by the way, Horror Throwback, uh, their friend, the Emilio Estevez character with the glasses, is the same dude, the main guy from uh, Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows. Totally blew my mind when I saw that, because the guy's really good in this movie, but he's like, what are you doing? You're supposed to save the girl. He fucks up everybody else royally, but saves the girl, doesn't kill her, and he's like, you know, fuck him. I'm taking her back and putting her in, in witness protection, which is really cool. I'm glad they did that, even though it doesn't quite fit with how he was talking the rest of the film. I'm glad they did that. I liked it. So then Alejandro takes a vehicle, this shitty green SUV that would be driven by a cartel member, is driving it down the road, and there's a cool scene where these dudes come up and try to shoot him, and he just drops, you know, he's like half a man at this point. He's so fucked up. You just can't, you feel so bad for him. Drops a grenade in. Pretty cool scene. They blow up, and what I loved is he's so fucked up and has lost so much blood that he veers off the road, passes out, and just drives into a post. And you're like, oh my god, is he actually going to die? Like, this movie's really playing with you a couple times, and that's pretty neat. It's so entertaining that I didn't realize we were at the end of the running time for the movie. They don't leave you there, which would be really shitty. But Brolin's on the on the helicopter, and he's going back, and he thinks that Benicio Del Toro's dead. And for all Alejandro knows, Brolin 
let it happen, which technically he did let it happen. But I don't know if he thinks that he had something to do with it or if he hates him now or if that's going to ruin their relationship because you can tell that Josh Rowland's character was actually really upset. So I'm interested to see where they go from there. But you fast forward to a year later, and at this point, like we said, the whole storyline promise is just gone. We've spent so much time on this random him walking through the desert and Brolin back there doing the Jason Bourne thing behind screens, fighting with people about what they're going to do, that the whole original idea of the story is gone, which I hate. It's the, it's the worst part about this whole thing for me. And we fast forward to a year later, and you see the kid who was kind of the side story, the kid who shot him, who at some point, by the way, and I think it's worth mentioning, abandons his friends. They're all like, yeah, you're a Sicario now. You you got your first kill. And they're all driving back and celebrating. And he just dips. He just drops out of the back of the truck. And they just go on without him. And they're like, what are you doing? And he's like, nah, fuck this. So I don't know what's going on there. Because the next time you see him, it's a year later. And he's covered in tattoos. And he actually looks like a gang member. But then again, he's also working at the mall. Because we go back to the mall and he's walking through... And the last scene of the movie is he opens up this door. And Alejandro's standing there. And he's like, so you want to be a Sicario? Sit down. And then shuts the door. And I'm thinking, huh, what's going to happen? And then fucking Sicario, Day of the Sodaldo, pops up. And it's the end of the fucking movie. And I was pissed. I literally groaned. You know, it was like the, oh, fuck this shit. But it was, it was like a, ugh. Damn. Just so much left undone, you know? And I'm not even sure what you're hinting at. I, I'm really confused. Is he, is he going to torture this kid, I thought at first? Um, is he going to use him to get back into the Mexican cartel somehow? And go with the original plan of fucking people up? I have no idea. But I really just found it uninteresting to end it on that note. So I hated the ending felt so incomplete but something else spoiler wise I wanted to talk about was that scene in the beginning because it's rough it's really rough when we're we're thinking we're talking about terrorists in the beginning they have this scene in the grocery store and they they blow up the grocery store and it's a realistic bombing as most of the movie feels real and there's the dude standing there with uh, the remote control for the bomb and several of them have already went off and there's a mom and her little girl and she's inching up against the glass. And she's like, you don't have to do this. You don't have to do this. Like, you can tell she doesn't want to stay there because she's afraid she's going to blow up. But she has to walk by this guy who's standing in the doorway. So it's this really tense, painful scene. And then he blows them both up at the last second. And you're just like, whew. And I think that's meant to tie you into the main characters. Where you, you look at Josh Brolin. And you look at Benicio Del Toro. And even though you've seen them do fucked up things... You're like, nah, do whatever it takes. Fuck these guys. And then the movie plays with that a bit more as you go further. When, at one point, the U.S. government has sanctioned killing a little girl. So, it's, 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 it's an up and down between, can I root for these guys? And I think, ultimately, you can root for both of them. Because even though Brolin's character, at one point, says he's going to do what it takes and he's going to kill the girl, he doesn't. Benicio Del Toro completely flips around and is willing to give his life to save her. So, it's, it's, 
ultimately, I think, yeah, even though they've done some bad things, I think they end up as heroes, anti-heroes all be, but they, they do end up that way now that I'm thinking about it. So I, I'm, I'm interested as hell to see where this movie goes. And, and again, just to wrap it all up here, I thought it was good. I wanted them to do something weird. If they weren't going to live up to Dennis, Dennis uh, Villanueva's first movie, which I didn't expect them to, if they weren't going to live up to that, I wanted them to go crazy action. And I would have been pleasantly surprised that they, even if they didn't do the crazy action thing, had this movie just tied things up a little bit better. Because it was still well made. It was still interesting to watch. I just wasn't a fan of all the choices they made. So... I would love to hear what you guys think. Do you want to see this wrap up in a trilogy? What do you think that the ending meant? Um, what did you think about the first movie versus this movie? So the first movie for me is a nine, and this one's uh, a seven. Um, so it's a drop off, but not that far. And I can't wait to see what the third movie brings. I'll definitely be at the theater to see it. It'd be really cool if they brought Villanueva back. But it'd also be cool if they continued this. Let's take someone else's take on this story and let them have it and run with it. I, I like it when they do that too, which is from hearing people talk. That's the idea: is to give it to a third, different director and have a different director and have three different people's takes on these characters. Albeit the movies both were written by the same person, the same guy who wrote Hell or High Water, Taylor Sheridan, who uh, I also read has had a trilogy planned this entire time. So. We shall see. But yeah, so that's this uh, episode of The Remains, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Still figuring out things here as we go. And again, this is just something fun for me where I can poop out all the stuff that we didn't, we weren't able to get to in the channel because we both have different schedules and we both have so much going on and, and, and all the stuff we have to do. It's a really nice outlet for me to have this. So I hope that you guys enjoy it. And if you don't, you don't have to listen. That's cool. If you just if you're more into the just the the regular channel stuff, but I really have fun doing this, and it, again, it gives me a really good outlet for the stuff we aren't able to get to. So thank you guys so much for listening and for giving this a chance. If you have, I really do appreciate it. It's pretty fucking rad, and uh, yeah. So that's all, guys. I hope you guys have a great fucking day, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. I'm sure. I think I, I really hope that we do the purge for the for the channel. Um, I don't know Ant Man and the Wasp as far as new movies go. I don't know what we're gonna end up doing. But uh, I can tell you this, don't watch Escape Plan 2. I, I, I had to mention that. I couldn't even finish watching it. Stallone's barely in it. Yeah, they, if you didn't know, they made an Escape Plan 2. Remember the Arnold Schwarzenegger-Stallone team-up? Just randomly one day, I was looking at the internet, and it was like, hey, Escape Plan 2, next week. And I was like, what the fuck? This must suck shit if they're not even promoting it. But yeah, it's Sylvester Stallone, but he does his Expendables 3 thing where he's like mentoring someone instead of being the main person in the movie, and I don't fucking know why. And it's 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 one of those movies that's so bad you watch it and go, and you just look for shit to be like, oh, that actually looks semi-real. Oh, that part wasn't terrible. You know, like someone will kick someone in the face, and you're like, oh, that was a good kick. You're looking for anything to be like, that's decent, because the whole overlaying theme of the film is just shitty cheapness. And apparently that's going to be a trilogy too, so what the fuck, I don't know. And there's no Arnold Schwarzenegger, barely any Stallone, so in case you were wondering, you don't need to watch Escape Plan 2. But yeah, I hope you guys have a fucking awesome day. We'll see you guys very, very soon.